0: Welcome to the PUSH podcast. No, I say hello first. I'm gonna say hello first. Okay, go ahead. Hello and welcome to-
1: This happens all the time. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) I have a way. Right, I get
0: it. If I'm off by like one word that I totally, I'll be saying like, hello and welcome to to Philadelphia. Cooking with Jill. I have a system. Okay. Hi, we're Cara and Jill, two trainers, owners of Push Fitness, and the hosts of this podcast.
1: During training sessions with our clients, we often tell them to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're saying that right now to you too. Let's push ourselves. Let's push ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that is rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push it.
0: podcast this is season two episode 16 all right and we are very excited because we're here with claire snyder she's awesome and a good friend of ours and we are so excited how was your uh, weekend Ben, you said you're having some good resting time today
2: yes um you you know i go a thousand miles a minute and so i was like oh i have nothing on sunday that's great i'll just sleep in I had scheduled a podcast with y'all. So
1: (laughs) So now you're completely rested. Yes, I'm fully rested. I get
2: to come at this totally just like free brain. So um, yeah, no, I am costuming for a children's educational program this summer. So my days are filled with a lot. So I was going to sleep in and then go sit in my hammock. I bought myself a hammock this year and it's like best investment I've ever made in myself. So
0: one of the best. One of the best. Oh, yeah. You totally could have recorded on the hammock. I I absolutely could have. But I was like, no, I'm late for the podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it looked like. If anybody is wondering. I
1: I like the lasso.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why not wake up ready to take on the world,
0: right? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a fun one.
1: Yes. Yes. So, so we originally met you when we all worked at the same big fitness company, very much Mm -hmm. a part of the fitness industrial complex that buys into the patriarchy, white supremacy, you know cis hetero values. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about um, about sort of your journey from there to what you're doing now.
2: Yeah, so I actually ended up there because I was working with seniors. So mm-hmm. for me, obviously, the heteronormative white supremacy dialogue does not fit in with my life. Um, or at least doesn't allow me to be healthy. Um, So it was challenging for me at first, I was working with seniors wanting them to, the big thing for me is mental health, right? As you get older, um, as your body doesn't work quite as well, or you have to get used to your new normal of how you can move, um, it affects your mental health significantly. And so for seniors, yes, of course, we want to get them moving, but the other thing was creating community. And so I loved that job because my job was not only to get people moving in a way that was safe and healthy and left them feeling better afterwards, but I was also supposed to help nurture their their mental health. You know, they would get these groups together every first Friday, we would have a little potluck or, you know, we'd have um, dress up days or, you know, a big, we had a big luau every summer or a car show or... But for me, it wasn't just about the physical fitness of getting in and working out muscles in a very scientific method, right? Like this was about the whole person. Yeah. It about, yeah, And that was what was hard about working there is that it wasn't about the whole person. Um, that position was about to be erased and that's when I left. So um, I'm very blessed that I was able to leave when I did. Um, and then full circle, I ran back into y'all and started working out with you. (laughs) And, and again, getting to treat that whole person, the whole body.
1: I just, I just love that. And I love hearing you say that because in so many ways, like I've always felt very connected to you. um, But in so many ways, you sort of got that community was more important than exercise and, you know, diet for your health before I did and um, but that was one of the things that I sort of saw in you. I think my heart saw your heart in a way, and Damn. I and it really resonated. so in a lot of ways, Claire, like the way that you interacted with that group um helped shape the trainer that I am today as well. And so we <laughs> don't make me cry. stop it! <laughs> because I remember when I worked at one of the clubs I remember people like like not the elder people that you worked with but like the young you know 20-sums like being like why are we having cake at a gym like right. that doesn't make any sense and I remember being mm-hmm. like I I want some cake, <laughs> I go have some cake. Those, those people sound like they're having a lot of fun <laughs>
2: Well, and, and part of it, too, was like, um, again, breaking down that stereotype of you can't eat this, you can eat that,
0: you can't eat
2: that. Some yeah. of these people have, like, also lived through, like, World War II and the Depression. So, for them, if they get to treat themselves after they're rehabilitating after a stroke, and they just did their 10th water exercise class, we're going to eat some cake.
1: Yeah.
2: going to happen.
1: Celebration, and yep. food can be celebration. Yeah. not it is not just fuel. Yeah. It is, it, it is, it's all the things it is mm-hmm. meant for your mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. 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 And the conversations that are had sometimes among people able to find those similarities. For, for example, I have a chronic illness. I have fibromyalgia. So you look at me on the outside, right? You think I'm a young woman who should be able to move her body however she wants we can't always tell from someone's exterior what their interior is doing and how that might be affecting how their body moves. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was great because I kept pace with these folks. Like if I was having a bad flare-up day, I could move gently and softly and that was good for my body. Mm -hmm. And then if I was having a really good day, then I could move and push with those who were able to move and push. Yeah. But having the acceptance at any level of interaction, right? Or people who had lost their spouse, oh my gosh, especially with that age group. Mm
0: -hmm. You
2: have someone who's, let's say, morning or they have their partner who they always went for their morning walks with. Now they have no one to do their morning walk with Well, they were sitting at home. So if I get them out to come eat a piece of cake, Mm -hmm. I got them out of their house to come eat a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of times how we forget to reach people is that it's not the, we don't have to do things the right way. Mm -hmm. There's not one way for people to be healthy. Yes. And for some of us, it starts with these teeny tiny baby steps
1: yes. that yeah.
2: are way deeper than pick up a weight, get to the gym, get through the doors. Like, yeah.
0: yeah,
2: there are a lot of things that come before you can get to a point where you can move. And that's not just with fitness, but I mean, especially with
1: fitness. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to need a Claire. If I lose Matt before I die, I'm going to need a Claire. I'm going to need somebody to get me out of the house. So always,
0: fun story. it's not going to be me because I always want to stay home.
1: <laughs> Your kids will be grown. There might yeah. be a whole like party hard <laughs> Jill by that time. I know. But again,
2: like these are things that of course you don't want to think about that. Right. But that was the other hard part for me is this big corporation kind of abandoned that quadrant of people who yeah, really not, need it because wow. it wasn't financially profitable
1: right yeah and that, and yeah. yeah yeah well it's heartbreaking it is. it's one of the reasons that that i left is is was their prioritization of you know yep. money over people yep and which is you know fairly common like yep in many many different areas of life
2: absolutely yeah
0: well and we like I feel like when we left and like over the last you know five six years like we really sort of got to where we are today by prioritizing people over money Mm -hmm. um and as a result we're we're getting more business (laughs) so like and I think that that's um a key, like as a business owner, I'm thinking, well, yeah, we want to be sustainable and profitable, um, but at what cost, right? So we don't want to like, we don't want to sell out people for, you know, having different abilities or looking yeah. different or like, we're not those trainers. And I like, we just, we weren't at home at that place and we didn't have the right haircut. So we had, <laughs> you know, all the management guys have the same haircut.
2: Like, God, that's right. <laughs> Girl, if you think you didn't fit in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Here we're like, we're like, yeah, if that place wasn't for us, we just didn't fit in. And Claire's like, hello, like <laughs> black, black, black woman over here. Know? Know.
0: Go <laughs> like, oh, right, Claire. You're I all- also,
2: when I got hired,
0: <laughs> I was
2: like 80 pounds overweight. So I did not look like I moved at all, and I was not like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love and you. It might be like why? Like I mean, honestly, there have been situations where like I know that people come and train with us because mm-hmm. we're like quote unquote like non threatening because mm-hmm. we're not. We're they know they're we're, that they're not going to get this like hardcore grind you into the floor kind of trainer, Um, you know, and those are assumptions that they're making about our bodies. But Mm -hmm. I wonder sometimes if, if, you know, like you were in some ways more accepted, you know, like if I, the people you worked with, not not
2: because (laughs) of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and that's one reason also why, I mean, to be honest, I love working with y'all because there's the understanding that I'm going to be accepted. But my favorite thing that you always say, and this has been one of the biggest lessons for me to learn is to honor my body. Yes. I have spent most of my life trying to fit this beautiful black queen into a size zero blonde woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what it does when you say I honor your body, let's move how it can move. Like, and for anybody who doesn't know, the way I train with Jill and Kara is great because I can either stretch or work out. Because with Fibro, you don't know what you're gonna wake up with. Yeah. You can wake up with your bed feeling like it's full of needles, or you can wake up feeling just fine, like nothing has happened. Um, and so that flexibility too of not saying, if you can't do it today, you haven't been doing the work, or there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's none of that. Again, denial of my body and its abilities because this body has taken me through some things. Yeah. It might be lumpy and jiggly or really strong in some ways. And then other ways, I'm like, nah, it's not going to move like that. But (laughs) again, honoring that whole person, that whole entire person is more therapeutic and strengthening than anything
0: else. Yeah.
2: So I want to applaud you for creating that space too, because. I'm not gonna lie I don't feel safe in a whole lot of spaces I still go into them sometimes because I'm like I need to right but when I walk into your space I'm excited because first of all we're gonna laugh and make really stupid inappropriate jokes (laughs) Uh,
0: right
2: (laughs) any semblance of like I'm here and I'm your trainer and I'm better than you and I know what I'm doing with your body like
1: yeah yeah i mean the the way that we really liked it thank you for saying that like it feels so amazing to be seen in that way um but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that the way that we approach it is like we don't we're not the authority on your body like you are and so our job is to help like to meet you where you are and to help you do the things with your body that are going to serve you today based on how you communicate with us so it is like a team it's all going to be like teamwork like how are you doing yeah. where where you know like this is this is the, this, and then over time you do see progress because you can't force your body i mean if you've ever seen anyone on a strict diet that often comes with a wild um workout plan mm-hmm. not sustainable they may shape their body initially quite a bit but it's really hard to sustain and those people either stay there and are fairly obsessive about mm-hmm. food and exercise which takes a lot away from your daily life yeah enjoying things yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. or they or they they can't sustain it mm-hmm. yeah and they're back to not exercising at all because the exercise was linked up with their diet and food and yeah things like that so
2: well, that and the mental and emotional toll it takes on you, especially, I mean, not that men are not, I, I just can't speak from the scope of a man, I guess is the best way I should put, put it, from the scope of a Black woman, um, again, trying to be something I, I am not most of my life, um, creating those spaces, that's what it is, though, that is community, even if it's two or three people, right, mm-hmm. it's, i am res- I'm respecting you, I see you. I want what's best for you. I have skills to help you get there. Like, um, and for me, it always used to be about the pounds. Like, what did I see on that scale? If I'm at a certain number, I'm okay. If my BMI is a certain number, I'm okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Also, I've never had a physician who is of color.
0: Yeah.
2: So my body is not shaped or built to fit a BMI. It doesn't fit. Right in that notch. Um I mean, but I can does. feel I mean, when I'm healthy. Yeah. I can I can feel when I can do what I need to do to get through the day right and feel good about it without hurting or I can go and sweat with my friends and go blueberry picking and like you know do all of these other things and be like yeah I'm feeling myself this is great. And when I first started with y'all then I had some health issues and had to take a pause. You're also the only only avenue of fitness in any perspective that just was willing to pause while I needed to heal and then like okay can jump right back and didn't write me off didn't go okay you obviously are not invested in this I was like I am invested my body's just doing something else right now you know um giving each other grace too is a huge thing um yeah I always go to mental health because that's big for me um
1: that's why we wanted to have you come on here is to talk about that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you've brought up a couple times about, you know, kind of as you've grown up, wanting to sort of morph your body into a thin white woman. Can mm-hmm. you talk to us a little bit more about your relationship with your body growing up?
2: Yeah, um, I'm curvy. So you can only see from here up, right? But essentially my body curves and I got a big tush and I got big tits and I got a whole lot of lady going on over here Um, and part of it's my personality it takes up more space than the average person but then part of it is my physical body too (laughs) Um, I have black and hispanic backgrounds too so I have gloriously never will wrinkle skin and you know like all of these beautiful benefits but at the same time having those curves, right? I wanted a thigh gap so badly. That was so important to me, right? I was like, ooh, I don't want that stuff hanging off the bottom of my arms that jiggles. You know, I wanna be slim and lean and just this straight pencil line of a person so I'll be attractive. I don't even know who for, cause here's the thing is when I was trying to do that, I felt bad about myself. And the energy and the person I was projecting was not something that was desirable.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I would not eat and have tons of caffeine or when I was in a, cause I do theater too. So when I was in a show, I would just chain smoke cigarettes instead of eating anything, you know, and then, um, you're so tired and depleted and, and I'm like, but I'm thin. And everybody was congratulating me. And all this feedback of, oh my gosh, because I lost 80 pounds in a year and a half. Yeah. It was not healthy. My doctor even was like, yay, that's great. You lost 80 pounds. Keep going. Yeah. Barf. Meanwhile, yeah, I am doing these really high intensity exercises, right? Which with undiagnosed fibro just brings pain. Yeah. So it was, I would do spartan you know high intensity whatever workout which for some people that's how their body can move that's fine no judgment but for my body that was doing so much damage Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and what ended up actually slowing me down was my knee um I was doing these high impact exercises and not worrying about like how I move in technique right just move so that your body loses calories so that you can eat something instead of moves through your body and your muscles and your joints. And so they're working in tandem with each other. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, when you're doing a squat, look at your alignments, where are your hips? Where are your knees? What are you, how are you breathing? Mm -hmm. Um, like functional movement. And, and that's the thing is that when it's just about that physical image, it leaves out so many of the really important parts of any exercise, whatever it is. Um, And there's no peace in that movement either. Like I find joy in getting to move when I can now, like on the days I can't, I go, yeah, you know, sometimes that sucks. Sometimes you take a nap and you sleep in, (laughs) you know? Um, But then other times you go, I just can't wait to move. Oh, this body is doing its thing today. Like, and that to me is when it feels healthy. Mm -hmm. Is when my whole body, my whole self is able to, to do those things. So I I think the biggest shift that needs to happen and I see happening in the fitness industry is not that your body has to conform to any standard, but that you take a good look at your body, soak it all in and go, what can I do with this beautiful vessel Mm
0: -hmm.
2: that I've got? You know?
1: I just love that. If you're listening to this and you aren't watching this, Jill and I are just nodding and nodding and nodding. And you know, if you like trainers that even really look at the physiology of it, like the mental health part is so important. Mm -hmm. But when you were describing, you know, doing those exercise classes and limiting your diet, you know, what was happening even even on a physiological level was that your body as a coping mechanism to um, not eating enough for, Mm -hmm. you know, activity level will actually cannibalize its own muscle. Yeah. And so- So the whole thing is is like, if you're, if you're, you're trying to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight and then you're exercising more, you're trying to move this body. That's consistently losing muscle Mm -hmm. at the same time. And so it really doesn't, it doesn't make sense. The approach that is often prescribed to people by not just the fitness industry, but sometimes even the medical industry, which is just wild to me, yeah. like I, it and it, it makes me very angry because, you know, we're not, we're not seeing people as a whole. And so, I mean, we try to, but yeah. in yeah. general, our industry isn't looking at people as whole people. I was thinking about that very same thing. Cause like I,
0: when, when you were talking about Claire, that sometimes, you know, those high impact exercises would be painful or let's say that like someone comes in and they're like my knee is hurting today and you know the fitness industrial complex version of fitness is going to say okay well let's fix your knee so that I can get you into this exercise yeah. instead of saying okay let's try this today or are you feeling are you feeling this today like do you just need a day off like those uh, treating the whole cuz maybe somebody's in more pain because they ha- have a lot of stress because they didn't sleep Mm -hmm. because they have, you know, some relationship problem. Like we don't know the whole story. Mm -hmm. So to try to like force, like, okay, let's start doing those terminal knee extensions and Mm -hmm. then you're going to feel great. And we'll do those squats. Maybe that's not where they're at today. And we need more of
1: that Mm -hmm. um, holistic approach because people might not like you might like some people have chronic illnesses or, or injuries. Mm-hmm. that they are never going to quote unquote recover from. Mm-hmm. And does that mean that that person who may never fit into a healthy category mm-hmm. can't be fit? Yeah. Um and what and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Like what does it look like to help someone who who does have a chronic a chronic illness or injury and how can we meet them to like use movement to make their lives bigger. Mm -hmm.
2: That and then use that movement to break down those standards and those expectations that they built for themselves. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm Yes.
2: Like move so that they can move. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. Yes. I mean, I've been doing this, working with y'all in accordance with trauma therapy too. similarities between breaking down my understanding of my mental health And breaking down my understanding of my physical body are absolutely similar because I'm still having to tell myself, you don't have to look that way to move. Look what you just did. Like when I was squatting that bar, I was like, yeah, look at me doing something I've never done before. Like, why can't that be the joy? You know, like, why can't that be the thing? Like, look, I lifted a heavy object. I moved my dresser into my house without hurting my lower back. Like." these can be our victories too it doesn't have to be hey I'm down to a size 27 inch waist or whatever it might be because again connecting that with your life is so much I think more important than just having that thing to check off a box like okay I work out every day mm-hmm.
0: um, yes yep
2: yeah yeah yep. these are good yeah <laughs> Sorry, I love to talk, so I'm like, give me some coffee and a
1: podcast any day. So when did like when did your feelings about your body start to shift from from I want to have a 27 inch waist to you know what? I am a curvy woman who has black and Hispanic, you know, descendants, or you're like, like, yeah, like what happened there?
2: Um honestly, it was about a year ago. Um, most people see me and assume that I grew up with black people in my life. And I didn't, I never saw black women. I never saw anyone who looked like me other than if I was lucky, you know, like Viola Davis or something, but then I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. That's, you know, that's, that's not a human. It's, there's some separation there. Right. Um, but seeing other women loving themselves, and ex- and like excelling in their like queenliness. Um, and those same people encouraging me to love myself and find my beauty has been, and it's still a work in progress. Like the last year has been unbelievably transformative for me because I finally saw someone who looked like, people who looked like me. Yeah. Um just being healthy and living in their own bodies. And also with COVID too, um, I have learned to give myself grace in a way that I didn't know how before. Um, I've been reading some beautiful reminders about our bodies just took us through a very traumatic event, a very stressful, scary time. I am alive. I am healthy. I'm able to be here and exist and I feel like I've grown and become more myself than I was a year ago and that is all not all but a lot of it's thanks to this physical being Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um and that is something I now remind myself of daily and have people around me who remind me and affirm that um and I think that's what really changed. And what's, what's also really wild about it too is I didn't get into this, you know, to lose weight, right? I just wanted to move my body. I was tired of feeling pain and feeling like I couldn't move. And the first session that I did with Jill, my like little intro, she's like, you can actually move really well. You're just kind of stiff. But hearing that, like cracked open like 10 doors. And my brain, just even hearing that affirmation, right? Was like, boom, you can move you're just stiff old lady, you know, like get up, get out of it. You're okay. You can move. You heard it from someone else. This is someone that's affirming you do it. Um, and so what ended up happening was, um, I was before this year, I was actually scheduled to have bariatric surgery, um, because of how bad my knee was. They were like, if we don't get the weight off, we're going to do knee replacement, which again, I think is a fear tactic.
0: Um,
2: There was never the, yeah, there was never the option to exercise or try and get into physical therapy or none of those options were provided. I had a, I had a surgery date. Um, It was supposed to be last August. um, But because of COVID all non-essential surgeries of course were canceled. Right. And so it was also a blessing in a weird way. Because then I was at home going, how do I protect this knee of mine, right? Then it all became about, okay, I need to move. I need to move gently. And it started with walked with my dog because I had time. Yeah. And then I ran back into YouTube two and then started that up. And then now I have been moving more. And believe it or not, over that whole year, I've held off almost 50 pounds of weight by moving how my body could move. and listening and paying attention to what it needed um but in a sustainable way not starving myself not running myself into the ground moving thinking being gracious when it hurts stretching you know all all these different things Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's a long answer but yes it was like a, a whole year and it's still continuing but it was just about seeing people who saw me
1: Mm-hmm. It is I like as a white woman, it's such a good reminder because when we when we decided to really shift the focus of our company to really like actively include social justice, mm-hmm. one of the first things was like I mean we live in a very white community yeah um, but we were like we go about our day it like day in and day out and we don't see people that that don't look like us very often and that has to change and how can we how can we create spaces where people feel comfortable and see themselves in our space too like it's it I put myself in, I tried to put myself in your shoes on what it would feel like to walk into a gym space and not see anyone that looks like me or walk into the grocery store and not see anyone that looked like me. And so, so like representation is really important, but also, you know, talking about like sort of from our heart, where we're coming from mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I, I can imagine, Claire, that that must have been, like, really hard growing up. Um.
2: It's tough. And then, I mean, also, as, just as a person of color, I'm fairly fair-skinned as far as Black people go, right? Um, colorism is also a thing. Yeah. And it's very much like, from my experience in both toes of the world, but it's very much how women are treated in the fitness world mm-hmm. um it's that okay you can be here but but mm-hmm. um and i appreciate how you're breaking down those butts or yes and, uh, and or maybe or making thoughtful intentional choices to make inclusive spaces that is literally what the entire social justice movement is about right mm-hmm. And I appreciate so greatly that the two of you as white women don't come at it like, well, there's nothing wrong with us. We're doing it right. You know, like that you're willing to say, Hey, this is part of the system that we're in. We've benefited from it too, but we're changing the dialogue Yeah. because that's where we need to move. And it's the same thing when it comes to your fitness or mental health, we have to break down that barrier of like shame that we previously had or that we have about, where we came from right like i know that i've done things where i didn't eat or i didn't treat my body well right that doesn't mean i can't change how i treat my body now
0: Mm -hmm.
2: that doesn't mean i can't change how i treat my community now there is never a point in time where it is too late to try and reframe the way that you have moved Mm here here or here like right. yeah yeah and there shouldn't there there shouldn't be any shame in it either it, it, it's messy it's awkward it's weird so what do you do you invite black people like, well, <laughs> yeah. you,
1: get to know, you get to know more black yeah people you're like try to support. yeah <laughs> um I just love that and if you're listening she was saying you know here in your mind here in your heart and then here in your community uh, which is like it's just so so important mm-hmm. I um I just, I just love how you think.
0: We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to our discussion. Do you love the PUSH podcast? Support us by becoming a PUSH patron. As a PUSH patron, you will have exclusive access to our episodes, bonus materials, freebies, access to ask us questions, and more. Go to www.patreon.com slash PUSH fitness. That's www.patreon.com slash PUSH fitness now to get started. And now back to the PUSH podcast.
1: Um, one of the observations watching you over the last year year and a half is you know you were talking about how your your attitude towards your body changed this last year but your involvement with activism and community also blossomed at that same time Mm -hmm. do you think that there is a connection there
2: i think it's really hard to grow one part of yourself and not grow all of it (laughs) yeah I mean, that's what I ultimately think it comes down to, because when I opened myself up to the possibility, and it started with this small, it's huge for me, but this small idea that my life mattered. Yes. It sounds wild to think, but I was 35 years old and did not think my life mattered. And you go into it and you finally step into your community and you say, oh, now I'm going to cry great. <laughs> Um, you step into your community and you see other people saying you have value. It changes what you are able to do. Mm -hmm. Even that simple statement changes who you are able to be because then it's not just you against all these other barriers and things and the, the only things you've set up in your head, right. That not only have I been told externally, but internally that I'm not worthy. Right. Mm Um, that I'm just going to be the dorky, ugly, fat kid with the glasses, you know, um, that's that internal, internal dialogue. You have to go, nah, look at my community. Look at what they're telling me. Look at what they're showing me. Um, and I think when you open yourself up to that possibility for one thing, if you really and truly go, okay, I'm going to see where this goes. It broadens mm-hmm. your world.
1: It's it has been yeah. so amazing to watch that happen. Yes. Like I have chills right now yeah. thinking about it because, you know, f- f- with COVID, like a lot of the, a lot of the watching happened on social media, right. but yeah. I feel like I literally just watch you, watched you just kind of like burst open. Yeah. Like, do you remember, did you ever watch Milana? Uh, yeah. Guess, yeah. Like, I'm making a Disney reference. <laughs> I was like oh Jill's having the time of her life right now <laughs> you know at the end where like she places the heart back into Feeney and she like the like the all of the like dark Bernie like just really uncomfortable painful stuff just breaks away and this beautiful woman just sort of blossoms out I feel like that's what I watched you do this last year like I like I really yeah do except that somehow like you whether it was within yourself or in your community sort of placed that heart back in yourself.
2: Yeah. Um it was a lot of people holding my hand steady while I did it.
1: Yeah.
2: Um Yeah, it's it's I mean we're talking about fitness and mental health, but um racism gets in a lot of areas of your life.
1: Oh my god.
2: When you're a person of color, no matter how much color you have, Mm Um, and when someone helps you remove that veil and see yourself like genuinely for the beautiful human that you are. And then when multiple people do that for you, it is liberation on a whole new level. Um, and this, I know 2020 was, a. Brick and dumpster fire for almost everyone. And I'm not saying it wasn't with without its challenges, but if I had not lived through twenty twenty, I don't think I could be the woman that I am today.
1: Yeah. And
2: I'm okay with I'm okay with that right now. You know, like it was tough, but the things I was able to discover and things that I'm gonna be able to hold on to as I continue, um, I wouldn't trade for anything.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah.
0: No, that's the the opposite, like what Cara was talking about, like I was going to say something very similar, like just watching you you over social media over this past year has been really like, it's been a blessing for me to watch you come into yourself and I feel very honored to know you. And so I just, yeah, it's been, it's been really awesome.
2: And vice versa. And really and truly it came about because I have a village now. Like, mm-hmm. I just there are certain like landmarks now. Like I mm-hmm. my physical well being, y'all got me. <laughs> you know my mental health. I have an amazing trauma therapist. She's got me. You know, like I have my community and my my women of color who support me with Black Joy and with Sid and Sale. They've got me. And when yeah. you have those like beautifully rooted support systems. And I think that's ultimately what everyone's looking for, right, mm-hmm. is we are looking for things that we can lean on in areas that we're not strong yet um, so that we can get stronger. Um, I just wish everyone else could have a year as fruitful. I Like, that's my hope, is I want to create space in the community for other people to have that transformation. Yeah. Um, and discovering themselves. Cause I know I'm not alone in being one of the only people who was kind of trapped underneath
1: themselves. Mm-hmm. I, um, the transformation that you had, I want, I just, I still want that for my son. Mm-hmm. Um, my son is, is mixed or, and he, he's very white passing a lot of the times, but like you said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, how you present, he knows he's black. Yeah, and when he sees black people being treated poorly on an interpersonal or a systemic level, he you internalize that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I um, I think about that all the time as a white woman raising a black boy. Um, you know, and like, I, I have done, you know, things like I, you know, I've read the books, and I've given the talk. And I, you know, but I, um, I realized this last year that I have to actively help create a community for him too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, where he doesn't just know that he's loved and that, you know, all of the things like I'm not, we're not just talking about racism and black joy, but he sees it Mm -hmm. because like what you were saying, like growing up, not seeing anyone like you around um, is that, that, that affects you. And so I I don't, the work that we're doing is not for him exactly but it is it's an important part of it for me yeah to is to bring community around him to hold him and nurture him as he grows up well and you're
2: making change where you can yeah that's
1: what we often forget too is
2: that the the place that you make change may not be the one that affects you and it also may be, but at at the same time, like you are affecting change where you can. And that may ripple and affect change elsewhere. And I know your kiddo because I've known him since he was little. Um, And my kiddos also are very white passing Mm -hmm. and they've been struggling with that lately. It's like, well, when we fill out the racial identity form, what do we say? We can only pick one. Well, first of all, it's a problem. You can only pick one. Um, (laughs) Secondly, you know, I grew up only being able to call myself mixed.
0: Mm-hmm. I was
2: not really given permission to call myself black. I don't, and nothing wrong with the word mixed, but that was all I was allowed. And now getting to say I'm black has just, that alone has power. I'm like, I am a black woman. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Like, no one else gets to question that. That is my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you're You're doing the right thing. You care and you're thinking about it. It's like, I always tell friends of mine who are about to become new parents, they're like, I don't know if I'm going to be a good parent. And I'm like, the fact that you're asking if you're going to be a good parent means you're probably going to be a good parent.
1: Right. Hey, yeah. You're going to hear, like, we all, as parents, we all do the absolute best we can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when we make mistakes. So.
2: But yeah, and it is, it is challenging as a white parent. And my mom, I'm sure could connect with you very much on this level. Um trying to find that community, especially in a place like Salem is really challenging. Um, I like that there's a little bit more now just within the group of activism, you know, so just in general, there's a little bit more visibility, but um, we'll get there. Mm
1: -hmm. We'll get,
2: we'll get there. It's just hard to be patient while we're trying to get through it.
1: Um, Yeah. 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 I agree. And I, I absolutely love the community that is sort of Be building within Salem um, and all of the events and things like that. I, um, I, I actively want to be a part of more of those just to um, not only because I, I like the community, but bringing my kids there, it builds community for them as well. And yeah.
2: Yeah. And connecting with other kids who have woke parents.
1: That's also really
2: crucial. Like for our kids to be able to be around like-minded individuals who create safe spaces for them too. Um, I've realized that throughout the year because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing all these things and my kids may not fully understand and it keeps me really busy, right? And we're going to all these different events, but what I didn't realize it had created and cultivated for them as a group of kids and youth Mm -hmm. that also were like, okay, we, oh yeah, I saw you at pride. Oh yeah. I saw you at that 4th of July event. Okay. Making their connections and their community too. But then they also get to be a little bit autonomous about that.
1: Yes. Yeah. They get
2: to gather, they get to experience that building themselves. And so just think when they're out in the world as adults, how they're going to see community. Yeah, that's going to be their understanding of how you build community, how you care about one another, right? Oh, so we're going to these things, we're spending time, we're putting an effort, we're putting our money where our mouth is, right? All of those things. Um, They're seeing those in action, too. So um, it's doing a lot more than we realize as well.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking while you were talking, like, with, I don't, I don't, go a lot of places right now just based on my children's ages it's just easier to stay home yep 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 (laughs) but I can like I I was thinking about like my own experience growing up as um a white person in a white family and how it was very rare to see um black people and people of color and it was always like a um something that would stand out, like, oh, there, you know, there's a black person over there, never seen one, you know, or Mm -hmm. I've only seen one, like, and being able to bring um, my kids to these community events where they see people who don't look like them feels Mm -hmm. very important. And at Mm -hmm. their ages, like, I think that this is like a great opportunity to do that so that they can build that community and they can understand, like, um, these other perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm, I hope to be able to attend more as they get older and easier to ambulate. (laughs) Yes.
2: Oh, I've been there. Believe me. Cause my kids are only 20 months apart. So there was a good while there that I had two in diapers. I had one of those double strollers. I was like, this is. (laughs) That's a whole nother level of your mental health too. What is healthy for you to be able to do and still be a
0: mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at the end right. of the day yeah, it's just a production but but yeah I think that that's like the what you two were mm-hmm. describing like it feels even more important yeah. to
1: make sure that that's happening yeah it's so interesting because as we were talking I was thinking about comments that my five-year-old but then four when I'm, I'm going to tell a story when he was four um have made so you know we live in a very very white areas like an area that was designed to be a quote-unquote white haven I mean it's just Mm -hmm. Oregon has terrible history terrible and I've been concerned about that because you know I lived for years in like New York City and even Seattle um Texas like I've lived places where I was it that were were much more diverse (laughs) than Mm -hmm. than here yeah and um it's always been a concern of mine, raising my kids in an area like this. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I also grew up learning that you don't see color. So, but that was the thing that was like mm-hmm. the storyline. It's like, we all bleed red, we're all the same, but now it's like, okay, there's a real, there's a difference between equality and equity. There's, yes. there's like intersectionality. We we have to see people. We have mm-hmm. to see people, like we can't pretend. I can't look at you and pretend that I don't see a black woman. Yeah, yeah. I I do. And so do my kids. And so trying to teach that, when it's still kind of uncomfortable, like, like Oliver is definitely in this stage. Like six months ago, he walked right up to somebody and was like, whoa, you're black. Yeah. Like, Your whole family's black. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I wasn't prepared. I was
2: like, yeah. Yeah. like What's what's wild though, Kara, yeah. that would not bother me. Right. <laughs> but as a parent, right? You're taught, do not point out that. Like yeah. if you see something new, but probably for his little brain, he was like, wow. Yeah. This is new and there's no like negative connotation with the word black.
1: Yeah. He's yeah. just seen black people. And yeah. I, I was happy because after my initial, like because of my upbringing, my initial like, don't- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, isn't that cool? Like was like, that was the only thing that came to my mind at the time. But I was like, I have to make sure that not only Oliver understands, but this Black family, who has now been very loudly announced, <laughs> understands that I think it's cool. Yeah. And, you know, and like my husband happened to be wearing a Black Lives Matter t shirt. Yeah. Like, yeah. thank God. We're, we're like, we're like,
2: we're not. Like, Bless your husband, but he scared the crap out of me when I first met him because I thought he was that very stereotypical, like, white suspendered male trainer who was going to try and get me to, like, flip tires. Right. Yeah. You no? Know?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So fast forward to last week, mm-hmm. um, I heard the story from my mom. My mom was walking to, like, McDonald's with, with Oliver, and he walks by a Black person, and he- he's been to all these events now right we've had yeah. community he puts up a fist and says black lives matter dude <laughs> <laughs> oliver
2: yes
1: like okay i mean both situations fine <laughs> but like i'm like this i'm a little more comfortable with like my my like you know upbringing of like don't talk about yeah. people right. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah,
2: well, and just think what that meant to that dude. Like, right riding by some little blonde white kid raises a fist and says, Black Lives Matter in Salem, Oregon. Yeah, that is radical in right. the
1: best possible way. Like, like, hey, like, I see you, I see not just your skin with like the first story, but I see your value. Yeah. Yes. and that's what i want to teach my kids that's that's the that is that's how i want to live Mm -hmm. and that's you've
2: obviously created community for them where they're hearing those things seeing those things and kids will repeat some things right but they repeat the things that stick with them and are repetitive yeah you know if they watch frozen they're gonna sing let it go 10 million times you know (laughs) they're (laughs) i once sidebar this has nothing to do with our conversation really other than Frozen but one time I went on a trip with a three-year-old Bella or no 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 like a three-year-old Caleb and like a five-year-old Bella my kiddos mm-hmm. and all we had on my phone was the Frozen soundtrack
1: <laughs> lucky you. for
2: five days like, yeah, that was it yeah like, yeah it was the yeah. only music we had to listen to but yeah. again when they hear it yeah. When they are around it, it can't just be a one-off usually, unless it's a cuss word because they know there's a bad word, you know, or something that's like really loud. They go, okay, this is worth my time. But kids <laughs> repeat what they hear. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Well done, mama. Now awesome. I want some little toddler to come and like raise a fist at me in the street. Right. <laughs> I'll try to put him up to it. Yeah. Okay, all over. You. Okay. He'll sit and talk my ear off before I work out. It's great. Like, oh yeah. Holy- yeah totally relaxes me and then I'm like oh okay all right let's go work yeah
0: talking about McDonald's and hamburgers yeah (laughs) yeah well okay so we've talked a lot about like um your evolution into who you are today and the continual growth and um I want to know more about we also talked a little bit about um the different community activities I want to know about all the things so tell us like all, you're involved in several aspects of the community. So tell yeah. us all the things that you're doing right now. Okay. So this is
2: prepare yourself.
0: It's a I'm lot. Um, yes. Absolutely. So first, the first
2: thing that I started on my journey was sit in Salem. So that's a group that I founded. Um, you can tell I like to talk. So for me, verbal processing is huge. And I know that I'm not alone in that. So the first form of activism I had is I was like, well, I can sit and talk with people, right? I can share my experience. I don't speak for all Black people, right? I'm not the end-all be-all voice. But maybe for people who don't have that exposure, or they don't know someone who's a person of color, or sometimes people of color are not equipped with the energy and effort that it takes to describe racism, right? Mm-hmm. I was in a place where searching through it myself. I didn't feel tapped if I was having those hard conversations. So sit in Salem me. and we just talk about that tough stuff. We get plugged into the community um, because I also was really tired of people using the excuse. Well, I don't know what to do, so mm-hmm. I'm stuck. Um, okay, fine. I'll find a spot for you. You mm-hmm. know, like... That I was like, okay, I'm really tired of hearing excuses for my, these people who are supposedly my friends, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Who supported me before this was at the forefront of our minds. Well, now it is, now I need you to show up. Um, So again, making lists of places, okay, here's where you can send your money. Here's where you can support. Here's events you can go to. So it's like a hub for everything. And then I joined Black Joy Oregon Mm -hmm. which is amazing um yes i started with them traveling so the goal um julianne jackson the founder started this with the idea of being that she wanted to empower black women as leaders and then also um encourage folks in rural communities who maybe again don't have visibility to see people celebrating black joy because a lot of what our media loves to paint people of color as is lazy or harmful or violent or angry or this slur of negative connotation <laughs> even in our hurt right mm-hmm. we are detrimental to society so changing that viewpoint when you have a whole bunch of women on the road dancing and having a good old time and have signs to say black is beautiful black is worthy you would be surprised how many people can still flip you off but at the same time For maybe the one Black family that lives there, they get to see that representation. They get to see someone holding a fist up and saying Black Lives Matter, you know, Um, and that can change their lives. Um, Then I also work with a group called Kaiser Forward here in Kaiser, because I don't technically live in Salem. Um, I've lived in both throughout my life. That's why I'm involved in both. Mm -hmm. My mom lives in Salem my kids and I live in Kaiser. Um, so I'm working to try and change the dialogue here in Kaiser as well. Um, we do have a very troubled city council and a group of people in authority that are not willing to act to protect all of their citizens or to make it an equitable place. They're willing to make it an equal place, but not an equitable place. Um, so fighting that. <laughs> I also help run a community garden. Um, for me, one of the things I really struggled with as a kid was food scarcity. Um, and that could be really scary. Um, when I was a single mom for a while too, that's also a big fear. I also love getting my hands in the dirt because connecting with the earth is one of the most beneficial things I can think of. So um, we lived in apartments for a really long time. And then I never had anything that I could nurture or care for. and especially when we're coming out of this era of like being stuck alone by ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, well, what can we do that's outside? (laughs) You know, that was where it was a safe space. It was, you know, you didn't have to worry about regulations as much. You could be, feel more secure and safe. So creating a space where people can come and garden, there's no cost to this community garden. Mm -hmm. Anyone can plant things or harvest things, Um, having rock painting events and like wholesome things that families can come and be in community. Um, the section that I live in in Kaiser is one of the lowest funded and lowest income areas of Kaiser as well. So you'll see community gardens and community centers throughout Kaiser that are beautiful and well funded. And, and to be quite honest, they're mostly run by white home state home moms. Nothing wrong with that. But um, for those communities where parents are working full time, both parents, if there's two, how do you find these poverty friendly Mm -hmm. and racially friendly you know queer friendly if that's the case um in instructive spaces like how if that's how you want to raise your kids how do you do those things so I also do the community gardens so that's another thing that I'm a part of um I'm also I just recently joined because I needed another hat um the Salem Kaiser Interfaith Network so um It's a network of all different backgrounds. And there's atheist, agnostic, there's Christian, Buddhist, Jewish, Sikh, with four basic tenets that we believe in racial equality and equity and Black Lives Matter. We believe that the LGBTQIA community deserves exactly what everyone else has received for decades. We believe in climate change and we believe in climate justice. And then last but not least, we believe in like, helping with houselessness, um, financial and, you know, hunger disparities. So those four pillars, regardless of your background, your faith, or whatever, wherever you experience life from those four things should be true. We are human beings. And so if you can stick to those four, please come help us, you know, demonstrate that. Um, and breaking down some of the religious trauma that I experienced as a child too. So it's, I feel like I have this beautifully well rounded heaping plate of activism. And so I just kind of tap into all those different things. And um, sometimes one's more in the forefront than others. Like um, sadly, our community garden got roasted on that 117 degree day. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we did what we could. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah. But for me, it's about finding where you feel fruitful. Um, each one of those things I'm involved in taps into a different aspect of my life that um I feel driven to work with um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's my big my big uh chunks that I'm chewing on right now.
0: those are big that's a yeah. lot yeah, that's
2: a lot. yeah.
1: yeah. And, <laughs> and it's just I just love it. I love all the different aspects mm-hmm. of um the way that your activism shows up. Mm-hmm. It's just. Um, I just love that, and it is so you, yeah. you know yeah. there's are so so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so.
2: That, that's the best way to put it it's that's like your activism has to match you mm-hmm. That's just the long and short of it. like me, I love to do a million and one different things so that depending on how I feel or what mood I'm in or what where the need is, I can just jump in and go, mm-hmm. um instead of feeling any hesitation or, oh no, I'm stuck. How do I get started?
1: Mm-hmm. just start it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's been so influential because like yeah. watching, watching you and like, and you know, other members in the community has really in, like really impacted me. And it's like, I can get out and do mm-hmm. more. I can get more involved. And, you know, and, and then all, also with the understanding, because as soon as I started that, I immediately was like, I'm not doing enough.
0: And I'm like, oh, well, yeah.
1: I'm doing more than I was before.
0: I'm starting,
1: mm-hmm. I'm finding my voice too, and yeah. and where you can make the biggest impact. So, you know, and it, and it has to be authentic. Like all the things that you describe are so authentically yeah. you. And so um, for anyone who is wanting to do more and isn't sure where to start, like you start somewhere, mm-hmm. you you can yeah. potentially make some mistakes and learn from those things, which is what- always do. <laughs> things that you can do like none of us are perfect yeah but um but find the way that that feel like find what feels right for you and all of us can do only what we can do and you know Mm -hmm. where our hearts feel led so but I think that um just starting somewhere like just
0: starting somewhere I think that we um our business has been on this very same journey like it mm-hmm. it took us a while to kind of figure out like where we wanted the voice of our business to go yeah um i think we've like not not all figured out but i think we've landed in a place that um is really helping us uh speak our truth and reach more people and it's like we made mistakes for sure. Oh, yeah. We're pretty authentic about it. We're like, this, this is what we're doing right now. We're not really sure what's going to happen. But, you know, if you see something or read something that's like not, um, just let us know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, and know.
2: that's the thing is,
0: they do. it's messy. You have to surround
2: yourself with people who are also doing the work, mm-hmm. who are willing to call you out with love. Mm-hmm and see you with grace
0: yes yeah that's a big part of it claire because that's like that's one of the um things that i really love about um all the people that we've been meeting more and more and more is that there's this understanding that we're here um coming from a place of love and that that makes Mm -hmm. such a huge difference oh yeah and and that it's
2: love is not clean cut right love doesn't come in and like we're automatically unconditionally loving towards each other. Um, we can only get the love that we've experienced. Mm-hmm. It's also something I'm learning. And so by receiving that love and that grace from others, I am able to be loving and gracious. Yes. Um, yeah. It's not something that always just pull out of yourself, especially if you're not in a good place or if you're coming from a place of newness right so being anti-racist isn't just saying i'm not a racist it's being anti-racist so when you hear somebody say something that's racist you call it out Mm -hmm. but that's like the number one fear of people is public speaking right Mm -hmm. so if you take someone's number one fear while they're going through a vulnerable change of heart and then you ask them to act on that's a big leap so again, that's why like, again, sit in Salem was the start because I was like, give yourself some grace, Mm -hmm. come sit and listen to some people if you're not ready to speak. And like we share books, you know, that have been helpful to us. Some people reading is the way that they absorb. Um, Some people are like, I just want to know where to send my money because I need to dig, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, It it just has to be authentically you, just like with your exercise, right? If you try and throw me into... An acrobatics class, I'm gonna struggle. I might be of an acrobat like 10 years from now, but right. the first <laughs> session, heck no, this body doesn't move that way. So, um the same thing, like find where and how you can move sustainably.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because
2: this is a marathon, not a sprint.
1: Right. Yeah. Awesome.
2: You know, we all are trying to rush so hard to fix a problem that's really big. We just need to do something. Just act.
1: Yeah. Create that butterfly effect. Like that like little little actions over time. Or like I like the tugboat analogy too. Like if we're all little tugboats trying to move this huge ship that we just keep nudging and we keep nudging and we keep Mm -hmm. nudging and and over time that makes a big impact. Like we can, you know, dislodge the big ship in the canal. Yeah. Tugboats.
2: Tug 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 your I Sound like a tugboat sometimes too. Yeah, love it.
0: Okay, so here's our here's my uh last question for you. If you could tell a younger Claire anything, what would it be?
2: You're worth it. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, you're worth it i'm gonna cry yes because that's the thing again trauma therapy is beautiful thing but i do talk to my younger self and i encourage both of you to talk to your younger selves um because i am healing her as i am growing myself where i am right now um we don't leave our younger selves behind um those things come with us and i have always been worth it um just not in my own eyes um so yeah she's really worth it she's totally worth it
0: Love
2: also because 75 year old claire is going to be awesome, awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I guess she is
0: so this has been amazing for real We were so looking forward to this interview and Claire, you delivered. It was amazing. Um, I loved getting to hear more of your stories, some things that I didn't know before about you. And it's just like, yeah, it was amazing. Thank you so much for, for doing this with us. Like, we appreciate you Um, So that's all that we have for you today. If you like the PUSH podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button or give us a review. The more subscriptions and reviews that we get, the more visibility we get, and the more easily that we can reach listeners just like you. Also, if you like the PUSH podcast, consider becoming a PUSH patron. Go to www.patreon.com slash pushfitness to see membership levels as low as five bucks. And uh, yeah, give us some love on our Patreon page. That's it. Yeah. Bye.